You're listening to Get Fed Today, one podcast designed to provide the Christian a hearty Bible study five days a week. While our mission is to showcase a variety of different Bible teachers, if you want to access more content from a particular pastor, simply listen to the end of the episode for additional information. On behalf of the entire team at Get Fed Today, it is our prayer that today's episode encourages your growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, as we have come to a day and an age when again we see the wickedness abounding in the earth, we see the false prophets as they encourage people to be comforted in their evil practices. And when there is pressure, Lord, to be silent against the evil of the society, Lord, as with the apostles, we pray that you will give to your servants boldness, that we might speak forth, Lord, your truth in the face of the opposition and the threats of the enemy. Lord, we know that It is only your truth that can set men free. And so, Lord, bless, we pray, the study of your word today as we declare what you have said. And may we give heed, Lord, to your words. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Tonight we'll be studying Genesis 16 through 18, so we encourage you to read it over and then join with us as we journey through the Bible, good time to start here in the book of Genesis, and go through the entire Bible as we learn about God, because the Bible is, of course, God's revelation of himself to men. This morning we'd like to draw your attention to the 18th chapter of Genesis, verse 20, as the angels on their way to Sodom pass by Abram's tent. And as they again affirmed the promise that Elizabeth would bear a son... They then said, shall we tell Abram what our duty is? And they informed Abram in verse 20, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous. Sin was great and it was very grievous. And they informed Abram of their intent of going down and bringing the judgment of God against the city. Abram began to intercede for the city of Sodom because he realized that his nephew Lot was living in that city. And the premise of the intercession of Abraham 
was, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And he made a proposition. He said, what if there are 50 righteous people in the city? It should be far from you to treat the righteous as the wicked. Should not the judge of the whole earth do that which is right? And the Lord responded, if there are 50 righteous that can be found in Sodom, we will spare the city for the sake of the 50 righteous. Abraham said, what about 45? That's only five less. The Lord said, we will spare it for 45. Abraham said, 40? Spare it for 40. 30? Spare it for 10? Finally got down to 10. And the Lord said, if they find 10 righteous, they will spare the city. As we read on in the story, we find that the angels arrived in Sodom in the evening and that Lot was sitting at the gate of the city and he invited the angels to come to his home uh, for shelter for the night. At first they refused but Lot more or less insisted that they come. And so they came into the home of Lot and Lot prepared a feast for them. But before they could bed down for the night, the men of the city of Sodom, young men, old men alike, all of the men of the city came to the house of Lot. They encircled the house of Lot and they began to demand that Lot send the men out that they might rape them. And Lot pleaded with the men of the city of Sodom, not to do this evil. These men are my guest. And that oriental hospitality, you were bound to protect those guests that came into your house, even if they were an enemy, as long as they were in your house, you were to protect them. The men of the city began to speak out against Lot for rebuking them for their wickedness. They began to threaten Lot himself. They said, you came as a stranger to dwell among us, and now are you going to try to judge our actions? And they were angry and disturbed at Lot because he dared to challenge their homosexual desires. The angels drew Lot back into the house and they smote the men of Sodom with blindness so that they could not find the door. And the angel said to Lot, do you have any other family here? Get them out of here because we're going to destroy this place. And so we read that Lot went to the families, his son-in-law's, and as he told them that the place was going to be destroyed because of the sin, they mocked him. They scoffed at him. The idea that God would intervene and God would judge was to them a foolish thought. 
They mocked Lot. But in the morning, the angels hastened Lot to get out of the city. They said, flee, don't even look back. Flee, and Lot said, if we flee to the wilderness, we'll probably die. There is this little city over here. Let us flee to it. And the angel said, you may flee to it, but hurry, because we cannot destroy this place until you are safely out of it. An interesting declaration concerning the judgment of God, the premise of Abraham, will God judge the righteous with the wicked? His challenge, would that be fair to judge the righteous with the wicked? And we do read that God did not judge the righteous with the wicked. In fact, as the angel said, we cannot bring the judgment on this place until you are safely out of here. The conditions of Sodom parallel the, the conditions of the world in which we live today. And we are actually ripe for the judgment of God. There are many people that scoff at the idea of things changing. They say all things continue as they were from the beginning. And the thought or the idea that God would intervene and judge mankind to them is a foolish thought. But Peter tells us that they are willfully ignorant of the fact that God has judged the world in the past, in the flood of Noah, and in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. When Jesus was talking to his disciples about the signs of his coming for his church. He said, For as lightning streaks across the sky from one end of heaven to the other, so shall it be when I shall come in that day. But first, he said, I must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And it was in the days, as, in, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days when I come. For they were eating and drinking, marrying wives and divorcing them until that day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate and drank, they bought and they sold and they planted and built. But in the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Jesus said there will be parallel conditions. And the day that Lot went out of Sodom, the judgment of God came on that city and it was destroyed. Reviewing the days of Sodom, we find that it was 
business as usual in the city of Sodom. But there had come a general acceptance of the homosexual lifestyle. Today, there has come a general acceptance of the homosexual lifestyle. The Vermont Supreme Court has recently ruled that homosexual couples are entitled to the same benefits as heterosexual couples. Many of the major corporations in the United States are now offering family benefits to homosexual partners. The New Jersey Supreme Court ruled that the Boy Scouts must accept homosexual scout leaders. The ruling declared that the Boy Scouts uh, are a place of public accommodation and thus cannot deny a person the advantages, facilities, or privileges on the basis of sexual preference. Now, the majority of the scout troops in the United States, some 62%, are sponsored by churches. Does this mean that churches will also come under the law of discrimination? Will churches be ruled as a place of public accommodation? Does this mean that we would be forced to hire homosexuals on our staff in the youth department? The irony of all this, of course, is that if we have a person who is on staff and we know that person is a child molester, if we allow that person to remain on staff and they, they molest one of the young people, say, on an outing or a camping program, because we knew that they were child molesters, the church could be sued because we allowed that person to continue in his employment knowing that he had this problem. It's sort of a catch-22 as the courts are beginning to order the Boy Scouts to accept homosexual leaders, but if those homosexuals do then uh, seduce one of the scouts as they are on a field trip or a camping outing, the Boy Scouts could then be sued because they allowed the man to lead the boys knowing that he was a homosexual. In the days of Lot, the homosexuals had come out of the closet and they had become aggressive in the pursuit of their lifestyles. And we see them on the streets surrounding the city of, or the house of Lot, desiring and demanding that they be allowed to rape those guests. They are unashamed of their sexual perversion. They are parading in the streets. And they are ready to aggressively attack Lot for trying to stop them. How many of you here this morning know of the name Jesse Durkissing? 
Have you heard of Jesse Durkesing? In September this year, Joshua, or last year now, Joshua Brown, I, I wrote the notes uh, Saturday <laughs> or Friday, uh, Joshua Brown repeatedly raped this 13-year-old boy, Jesse Durkinsing, while his gay lover, Davis Carpenter, watched. After brutalizing the young man for several hours, Brown decided to take a lunch break, at which he stuffed the boy's underwear in his mouth to gag him and then sealed his mouth with duct tape. Later, Carpenter noticed that the boy was not breathing. He called 911. And when the police arrived, they discovered that this young 13-year-old had been drugged and that he died of positional uh, asphyxia. Now, why has the media been so silent concerning the brutal murder of this young boy? Had the boy been gay and the attackers heterosexual, you would still be seeing headlines as the news media would follow this case expressing their outrage. You would have heard Clinton calling for stiffer sentences for hate crimes and how we as Americans cannot tolerate this kind of brutality. Janet Reno would no doubt throw in her two cents and promise that the powers of her office would be brought to bear to see that justice is done and these men punished to the full extent of the law. Had the guilty men been ministers of the gospel, you would have been as familiar with the name Jesse Durkinson as you are with the name Matthew Shepard. The media pretends to be fair in its report of the news. But the news blackout in this case is just another sign of the total hypocrisy of the news media today. Now, I am interested in the salvation of people who are living in the homosexual lifestyle. I am interested and as interested in their salvation as I am of any other sinner. I do not hate them. They need Jesus Christ just as much as any other person. And Jesus died for them because he loves them. And he paid the price that they might have the forgiveness of that sin. And I'm not really saying that it's a worse sin than any other sin. But I'm saying that it is not something that should be protected by the laws. Nor should their causes be advanced by laws. I do object to the attempts to silence our voices in speaking against sin in any form. I want you to notice some interesting things in the story of Lot. Peter in his epistle, as we read it this morning, 
gave us a great commentary on this story. He declares, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and he turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, as he brought his judgment upon them for their sin, and he made them as an example unto those that choose to live ungodly lives. But he delivered just Lot, who was vexed with the filthy lifestyles of the wicked around him. For that righteous man was vexed day after day when he heard and he saw the evil deeds and their wickedness. But then Peter makes the comment, for the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve unto the day of judgment the ungodly or the unjust to be punished. The principle behind Abraham's intercession is that if God is the judge over the whole earth, should not God be fair? And the idea or the premise would be it would not be fair to judge righteous men with unrighteous men. Why should the righteous be judged with the same judgment as the ungodly? And evidently God agreed with that premise and declared if there were ten righteous men to be found, God would spare the city for the ten righteous that are there. For Peter says God knows how to deliver the righteous. And so as we see the story, God did deliver Lot before his judgment was brought against the city. As we look at the wickedness in our nation today, and we realize that we have become as Sodom and Gomorrah. The time again has come for God's judgment to fall because of the wickedness. Throughout the whole Bible, God warns of the great day of his judgment that is coming upon the earth. When the wrath of God shall be revealed from heaven against the ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men who have been holding the truth of God in unrighteousness. The question is often debated in the church as to whether or not the church will go through the great tribulation. But those that take the position that the church will be in the great tribulation are really going against the very basic nature of God in delivering the righteous but reserving the unjust to be punished. The premise of Abraham still stands. Would God destroy the righteous with the wicked? Should not the judge of the earth be fair? And as long as there are righteous men upon the earth, God will forego his judgment. But one of these days, and I believe with all my heart that it can't be very long, God is going to deliver the righteous out of this earth in an event we call the rapture of the church. 
And once the church has been removed, then God's judgment is going to be poured out. His righteous judgment will be revealed from heaven and we will see the earth going into the great tribulation period. I expect that anti-Christian sentiment will continue to grow even here in the United States and possible persecution might come upon us because we dare to speak the truth of God. The media will seek to portray us as hate mongers. That is absolutely false. It is because we love those that we dare to warn them that their sin is going to bring death and eternal punishment. Paul said, it's the love of Christ that constrains me to bring the gospel to the sinner. Because I realize that those who are in sin are going to be separated from God eternally. It isn't hate that motivates me in the ministry. It's God's love that motivates me and the love for these people that motivates me to seek to warn them that God has condemned their actions and that they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. If I saw a child drowning in a pool and if I dove in at the risk of my own life to save that child would I dive in because I hated the child no it would be love that would motivate me to risk my own life to save that child and so motivated by love we dare to speak the truth we dare to warn man that if you continue in sin, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And the day that I cease warning men of the deadly consequences of sin, in that day I will no longer be fit to stand in the pulpit. Let's pray. Father, we realize that one day the nations who have sinned will be cast into hell and all of those who hate you. And so, Lord, we seek to persuade men to turn from their sin and to turn to the living God And to live a life that pleases you. And Lord, we realize that in your sight, sin is sin. And you don't put a grade on sin. And that one sin is as bad as another. That if I keep the whole law yet violate in one, I'm guilty of all. And so, Lord, we pray that 
we might indeed be the light of the world and we will not be overcome by the darkness nor will we allow the darkness to extinguish the light. We realize, Lord, that we're called to be the salt of the earth, to be a preserving influence, to keep the corruption from destroying society. And so, Lord, grant to us boldness that we might proclaim your truth in spite of the opposition and the accusations that are made. And may we continue to bring to man the wonderful news of your love and the provisions you have made for the forgiveness of every sin and to warn them to reject that provision is to bring upon themselves eternal separation from you. Help us, Lord, to remain faithful to the calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand? The pastors are standing down here at the front. They are here to pray for you. If there is sin in your life, and of course, as we said, one sin is as sinful as another in the eyes of God, and you'd like to have forgiveness, maybe you are caught in the web of sin. And you've tried to quit. And you recognize that it is destroying your life. Destroying your relationships. But up till now you've been unable to extricate yourself from that sin. They're here to pray for you. Jesus Christ can set you free. The Bible tells us, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And Jesus died that you might have forgiveness and freedom from the power of sin. That you might live as a son of God. For as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe upon his name. And today your life can be transformed. And you can be delivered from the power of darkness and brought into the glorious kingdom of Jesus Christ. That is the offer that the Lord makes to all men. It's your choice to accept it or reject it. Jesus said they did not come to me because they loved the evil that they were doing. Men love the darkness rather than the light. If that's your case, I feel very sorry for you. And my prayers will continue to go out for you because I don't want to see you destroyed. And as long as God gives me breath, I'm going to tell you the truth, the whole truth, 
and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Thank you for listening to Get Fed Today. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Chuck Smith. If you enjoy the message, you can access more of Pastor Chuck's teaching ministry by visiting pastorchuck.org.